I mentor wellness business owners to use those programs in their business. They want to expand their scope of practice by having these turnkey programs. Because as you know, when you're working with someone, Mm -hmm. you're hearing about their struggles, their pain points. And so having programs to support them in that, that a turnkey is so helpful. So that's what I do now. I run these programs myself, and then I train other wellness professionals to be able to utilize them. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Welcome back to the Fitness Franchise Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Henson, and today we have another incredible episode with a dear friend of mine, so hang on tight as I tee up her introduction as it is extremely impressive. So, she is a courageous Australian-born woman who gave up her place on the training squad on the 1976 Montreal Olympic swim team to become a physician. Now, after practicing traditional medicine for eight years, she then moved to the U.S. and completed her master's degree in psychology. She is also a mother, a wife, international speaker, author, and healing coach. And she has combined her medical training with her master's degree in psychology and her coaching studies to conduct workshops and coach clients to heal them from the inside out. She is trained as a medical doctor in Australia and has dedicated the last 25 years to promoting health and wellness. She is also a holistic health coach and graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award by the National Wellness Institute in 2016. And finally, she is an author of seven books, which include her latest, Is Your Lifestyle Killing You? Dr. Karen Wolf, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bryce. Good to be here. Likewise. So that was very impressive intro. Did I miss anything substantial? <laughs> well, you did say I'm a, a mother, and my daughter's getting uh, my bonus daughter. A mother, biological, and I have two bonus kids, and one of those is getting married this year. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, uh, well done. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, you as a health and fitness kind of sewer, if you will, um, a health and fitness expert who pr- promotes health and wellness. But before we do, you come from Australia, as I just mentioned. So tell us a little bit of your backstory, kind of how it I came to be and how you got involved in health and fitness. Yeah, well, way back, you heard that I was on the 76 Montreal swim swim team, a training team for Montreal. And actually, I was a butterfly swimmer and my shoulders, I had bursitis in my shoulders, which really I, I had to back out. And when I that happened, I mean, devastating. You train your whole life for this moment, for the Olympics, and said, I'm going to be a sports medicine doctor. I'm going to turn it into something positive. So I went to medical school. And, and then my journey in medical school, I realized, I don't know if I – it was so focused on disease. And as an athlete, you're all focused on health, and it, it just didn't – fit. I mean, I completed that. I chose not to go into sports medicine, but primary care uh, work. And I did love that. But I still had this ache inside of me that I didn't really want to sh- stay in the disease model. Mm-hmm. So when I, I 
by accident, which of course we never believe accidents, I met the love of my life and he happened to live in America. So he whisked me away to California. And so then I had a chance to re-choose what I wanted to do and which I think we all do in our life, different a few times in our life. And so I re-chose not to do clinical medicine, but to really do what I loved, which is wellness. And so that began my my career as a wellness professional by just choosing what was really in my heart. Oh, wow. And you, I would imagine you were in your 20s, somewhere in your 20s at the time when you got whisked away to Australia and kind of- uh, Early this... 30s, early 30s, uh, because okay. I worked for eight years in Australia as a doctor and- um, Took me a while to find love in my life. Okay. <laughs> so early 30s. And I just, when I came to the U.S., I could have done all my licensure again as a clinical doctor if yep. that was what I really wanted. But I just, and I'm so glad I followed my heart and I just chose what was really important to me, even though I call it the road less traveled because it makes sense that I just go and stay doing clinical medicine because that's what I trained for. And and sometimes it's not easy to choose differently mm-hmm. and follow and start again. But that's what I did. And I, I have no regrets. It's the best thing I ever did. So we're going to talk about that transition, what that looked like. But before we do, obviously, your passion about health, your passion about wellness, and we're on the same train there. Um, talk to us about, you know, your typical nutrition patterns, your exercise patterns. You know, how do you lead a healthy and fit life? My favorite conversation. (laughs) So I think as an athlete, and you would know this, exercise is part of my life. It's just something that I have to do. I love it. And even though I work with people, of course, as a health coach and people that have never exercised before, it's such a whole different mindset. And I I have to really accept and understand them because I'm so different. Exercise is a part of everything I do. And I'm so glad – I found your Fit Body Bootcamp, and I'm not just saying that because here we are together. But it, I start my day every day that way. And I, in my schedule, in my calendar, there it is. And very rarely does something interfere with that. I start my appointments after I do that. It's that important to me. And I often say to people, it's as much for my mental and emotional balance as it is my physical balance, mm-hmm. physical strength. Um, because without that, I just, my day is not the same. So, and I, of all the research I've done in creating health exercise is like right on top of the list of, of mental health and physical health. In fact, just this week, I did a big presentation on Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. And you know, the number one way to reduce your risk of Alzheimer's is aerobic exercise because it actually increases neurons. So I just continue to get reinforced by what I know to be true. So with that said, then, of course, throughout the day, you also have to move. Some people think, oh, I'll do my exercise in the morning, then I'll sit all day. But Mm -hmm. sitting all day can negate the whole benefit of your morning exercise. So you've got to, like I have my Apple Watch, it tells me to get up and move. And we have to move throughout the day. And then in terms of nutrition, I follow a low glycemic eating plan. So uh, as a swimmer, it was so interesting years ago, it was all about the fat-free movement. And I had a lot of trouble controlling my weight Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a very strong person. I have a lot of muscle. Mm -hmm. And we were eating all these fat-free foods and diet sodas. And, of course, now the nutritional science tells us that that was wrong, that 
healthy fats are so important to our brain and body. And that what we really need to be doing is balancing our blood sugar. So I eat a lot of, I basically, my diet is protein and slow carbohydrates like vegetables, salads. I don't eat a lot of fruit only because for me, I've learned that that can trigger my sugar cravings. So I have a pretty standard, uh, good, healthy protein and slow carbs. If I don't have time to make that, then we have some great shakes that uh, work really well on a, on the run and whole food as much as possible mm-hmm. and cooking at home as much as possible. So interestingly, last year, cook a lot of more people are cooking at home, which has been one of the positive things of the pandemic mm-hmm. because they're learning to actually make food themselves, which is mm-hmm. often healthier. Most times it is. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, um, you know, obviously you had the medical background in Australia. Um, I would think, at least from my particular viewpoint, Australia has kind of more of an outside kind of active culture. When did you adopt this healthy and and fit lifestyle that you're talking about today? Has it been since Australia? Was it when you came to the U.S.? Kind of give the uh, audience a little insight to when it happened for you. Yes, uh, you're right in Australia because it's very similar to California. The weather, let's face it. Is I, I'm from Sydney, so the weather, outdoor weather, is very conducive to being outside. And I started swimming at the age of 10. And I started swimming because my brother was uh, in the pool and my mom had him do races. And I said, I want to do that. So she put me in swimming lessons. You know, most people learn to swim in Australia as a baby, six months old. We have them in the water, teach them to swim. Okay. And being a swimmer, and it's a, it's a highly um, physical sport, and it takes a lot, a lot of training. I was training twice a day. So I think that set up a commitment and a habit. As we know, exercise is a habit. And then once you do it and over and over, it's so important to keep doing it. So I think being a swimmer really set the stage for me. And then I live in California. So being outdoors, <laughs> I like all kinds of activities. I like walking. I like hiking. I like um, running on the beach. I like being outside a lot. Funnily enough, I don't swim anymore. Too much. Oh, oh, <laughs> I like the water, but being in the water and doing those laps for me is just too much memory of lots of training and competition. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, very good. Well, um, I want to kind of dive into now your, your coaching and your wellness practice here in the States. But before I do, did you have any experience transitioning from your medical background in Australia before you kind of got into the health and, and nutrition kind of coaching aspect? Um, did you have any other work experience or career, career experience that potentially could be applicable you know, uh, to your current you know, kind of approach and, and career? I really didn't. I just jumped in. And I really think the most important thing is the passion. I just knew. I wanted to be part of the discussion about what creates health and wellness. And as athletes do, our job is to get the most out of our body that we can and mind (laughs) because there's a lot of visualization that goes into sport as well. And so I just just knew, but uh, the one thing that made the big difference is I was working when I first moved to the United States, I worked for a managed care company and I was speaking and this uh, woman came up to me and said, Karen, you really, you really need to have your own business because your message and the way you deliver it is so important. I said, well, I don't know anything about having my own business. And really? she took me under her wing. Her name is Fern, and sadly, she's not with us on this planet anymore. Oh. But I speak about her 
so many times when I'm doing this kind of conversation about having a mentor that is ahead of you where you want to be and scares you just a little but will believes in you. She believed in me more than I believed in myself. And she really showed me the ropes about business, about what it, the whole different mindset from being an employee to being a business owner. And as you know, Rice, that is a very different mindset. Completely. And it's very hard to do on your own. So, I mean, what you do, I'm sure, with your group is you've got a whole system in place to help people transition from maybe an employee mm-hmm. mindset to having their own business. And that, I don't know how you do that on your own. You, that support and mentorship is so important. And Fern, for you, was kind of the catalyst, that coach that really kind of opened your eyes to that transition. Yeah. She believed in me. And she asked me to do things. I said, you got to be kidding. <laughs> really? <laughs> she said, yep. And she was a very determined young woman. <laughs> and she just so believed in me. She took me to a conference. She, she arranged for me to speak at a conference. That was the National Wellness Conference, which really shifted my world because there I found my cohort group that believed like I did about wellness and, and creating health. And so that created a new community for me to be part of, which is also a big message. Find your tribe and allow that tribe to support you in your vision and your direction, because it's really hard to do this on your own. Totally. I could not agree more in my, you know, 10 years of business experience as well. So, all right. So kind of transitioning now um, into, you know, your coaching in the workshops. And I have some specific, uh, specific questions about some of the programs you run, but can you kind of walk our audience who are interested, you know, they're either entrepreneurs or they want to be an entrepreneur and, and looking at, you know, excited, passionate about fitness. Can you talk about your current, you know, path to business, kind of where you're at with your coaching or your workshops, and then we'll kind of dive into a few of the specific ones that you do and provide some more insight to our audience. Yeah, I sure will. Yes, yeah, so I've moved out of the one-on-one coaching. I do a lot of referral to my coaches that I know for that because now in my career, the stage of my career after this many years, I really enjoy mentoring individuals to create their successful wellness businesses. So I have my own programs. So what I've found is simplicity is really important and having structure which I know is you have, you do really well in your business. So I have two programs, a sugar buster program that I run every month and a online digestion detox program. And what I do is I mentor wellness business owners to use those programs in their business. So, uh, and that could be someone that is a fitness professional, personal trainer, someone that is a health coach online, someone that is a massage therapist, but They want to expand their scope of practice by having these turnkey programs because, as you know, when you're working with someone and you're really listening, which is a key, Mm -hmm. you're hearing about their struggles, their pain points. And often pain points are a weight, a sugar addiction, nutrition, digestive issues. And so having programs to support them in that, that a turnkey is so helpful. So that's what I do now. I run these programs myself, and then I train other wellness professionals to be able to utilize them. And what are the components of the program? I would imagine, obviously, there's probably nutrition coaching and guidance and whatnot, and probably some mindset things as well. Can you talk a little bit about the components of the, the programs? Yeah. So my Sugar Buster program is really expanded. Another gift of the pandemic is I now run them via Zoom. And, uh, 
I do them every month and it's for a whole week. And I have Zoom calls every day on aspects of health. You think it's just about sugar, but we know that sugar addiction or helping to to balance your blood sugar, learn how to eat healthy, is about sleeping well. It's about good hydration, stress management. So every month I have a different stress management technique. Last month I had one of my coaches come on and teach tapping. I don't know if you ever heard of tapping, but it's like an energy, emotional freedom technique. And then this month we're doing the the breathing technique. So I'm I'm integrating wellness skills and principles. It's such a value-based program that crosses over every aspect of what creates health. And in the five days, we're following a specific nutritional protocol to help balance your blood sugar. And I even recommend people get their own glucometer and test their blood sugar throughout the week because I want people to be really their own best health advocates and know what's happening inside their bodies. So I love that program. I get about 20, 25 people each month in that program and, and it transforms their life. Amazing. Now, what would you say from the clients going through or even maybe the fitness professionals as well? What's the biggest struggle that they're going through? Like what, you know, from a coaching perspective, do you probably have to dive in the most or support the most? Uh, I'm curious from what that looks like. Yeah, Bryce, I think the biggest struggle is um, using food for emotional support. So, and especially during the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of us turn to whatever stress management technique we we had or that we used in our life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people use comfort foods and they tend to be the foods that spike our blood sugar and that put on weight. So learning how to increase pleasure in our life and have a fitness-based lifestyle that we can enjoy food and really healthy food and realize that the the potato chips and the cookies and the cake, it's it's really that's really not in our best interests. So not making them wrong and bad, but empowering us to really get honest with how we use our relationship to food. So and that's a pretty big issue that some people are willing to go to, some people aren't, and at different times. So I just raise all these questions and and it's a lifestyle style. It's not a diet. It's a, a lifestyle journey. And I have a Facebook group that is ongoing that people are part of and they can continue on with their lifestyle. Yeah, it is a lifestyle. And it's interesting. I know we see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff from you know following each other in social media and some of the, the awesome content you put out. Uh, one of the things that you know is a, is a serious pandemic from uh, mine, and I would imagine your perspective as well, is the obesity pandemic. We nearly, nearly have 44, 45% of our country here in the U.S. Uh, that are statistically obese. And every year the CDC updates their um, you know statistics and it just gets worse and worse. From your perspective and you're kind of working with other fitness professionals, working with clients, like what's the fundamental root of this? Like, you know, why is the problem, you know, taking root and kind of really what's the, the big picture solution? Yeah. Isn't that a big question? I mean, that's a loaded question. That's, I know, a, Dr. Question. Karen, right? that's a loaded question. <laughs> but yes, I have my, I have my views on that for sure. And it's it's not it's not one thing. It's like so interconnected because let's just say the sedentary lifestyle that people are sitting on their computers on their devices, not moving. So a sedentary lifestyle then leads to more eating, mm-hmm. which leads to more alcohol, which leads to poor sleep. So. It's, it's a compounding effect. So once we get people moving and committed, like 
you offer to take a baby step and start to value their fitness and their goals, then maybe they'll start to eat better. And then maybe they'll start to cut out the alcohol a little more and then they'll sleep. You know, it's it's compounding. Um, I think one of the big issues is the food manufacturing industry. I cannot not say this, that we are a culture that's being fed addiction through advertising and what's on the shelves, the cereals, the canned foods, the all the convenience foods that are just loaded with bad fat and sugars. And we're addicted to these things. And unless we change our understanding, then we're we're not going to shift that addiction. We've got to shift the brain to realize you've got to go to the outside of the supermarket to the fresh food. And you'll be amazed how different you feel like in your brain as you are giving your body nutrients and not going to those foods. We have to do something with the advertising. And the, the food industry is just the marketing obesity to our kids with with pictures of cartoon characters on cereals and the kids saying, oh, mommy, mommy, I want that, I want that. I mean, they're all doing it very intentionally because they want to get us addicted. So totally. raising the consciousness of that is so, so important. And and then... Gen- and not making not making it about shame, but supporting each other in a very positive way to take those baby steps and um, bringing shining a light on what the real issue is. And I just don't think we're doing that. We're, we're avoiding the real conversation, which is the mass marketing of bad foods and availability of foods, uh, and making it more affordable for people to buy healthy foods. Um, all right, so Dr. Karen, now I want to transition a little bit more specifically. We've talked about a few of your programs, but one specifically, which I believe you have uh, an upcoming one in May, uh, a workshop program called The Four Keys to Your Health and Wellness Business Success. So can you share a little bit about what that is, the value, um, and uh, provide some insight around the program? Yes. So ever since Fern took me under her wing, mm-hmm. of course, I've learned a few things about having a successful wellness business. So now what I do is um, a few times a year, I do these webinars. It's free, and it, I just talk about specifically what I do to build my wellness business. Now, the number one thing, and I'll give your listeners a little tip that I've, I've learned in the last year, I've felt, should I be doing more, more social media or like where should I be putting most of my time? Because that's a big question for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We could be working 24 hours a day, and still it's never enough. Because our business is our business, it's our life. And you've got to be careful with that because we can get out of balance really quick. So the truth is the most important thing for an entrepreneur to do is to build your email list. Your email list. Because you own your email list. That's your real estate. Social media is great to demonstrate your lifestyle and to create a presence. But you don't own that real estate. Mm-hmm. You, But you own your email list. So Having ways to build your email list, and I will go through many ways that I do on a regular basis. When I say email list, you're choosing your provider. I happen to use MailChimp, but there's Constant Contact, there's ConvertKit, there's many email platforms. And your job is to continually add people to that email list. And I will go in depth on the webinar about ways I do, because this is my journey, my story, because I figure it's important to hear from someone that's successful versus just someone that's going to give you information that 
they they don't know if it works or not. So I'm going to go in depth about that, how to build an email list, and then three other tips about how to build your wellness business. Because if we can have more successful wellness businesses like yours, Bryce, mm-hmm. and all of your your owners, then we can shift the healthcare conversation to true health and not so much the disease model. The thing that got me the most annoyed last year was all we heard about was disease. Mm-hmm. And very rarely was there an f- official public health announcement about how to protect your health, how to build your immune system, how to support health. Not to say that it it completely is the answer here. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have talked about disease, but see how out of balance it is. Like no one was saying about uh, how to how exercise supports your immune system, how eating healthy food supports your immune system, good and good getting good sleep. That was not part of the public health messaging. So it's made me even more pa- passionate about what I do and helping wellness businesses be successful. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's interesting, Dr. Karen, like I personally think, I mean, there's many other gym concepts and franchise and, and fitness businesses and, you know, coaching and health health and wellness experts, but I really think that we're aligned and working together where I really think the big comp- competition that we have is the fast food industry, is all that garbage that's on the market that's really actually creating the obesity and really the, the real issues. And to your point, I mean, certainly, you know, we can't uh, turn a blind eye to disease. I mean, certainly, you know, part of life, but I completely agree with you. More of the conversation should be focused on health, how you really, uh, you know, grow and, uh, and nurture that health because really that's that's the best immunity to, to any disease from my particular uh, perspective. Right. And it's going to be interesting, Bryce, to see if we've learned the lesson from last year because we know the link between obesity and COVID complications. Mm-hmm. We know that. It's proven. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. So are we going to change? Are we going to realize that our chronic disease epidemic is very related to obesity? Are we going to put dollars and time on a, on a global government level to that mission? I hope so. I, I hope. hope. <laughs> I can only hope. But all we can do is keep doing what we do and make a difference at the level that we're making and spread the word. Yeah, amen to that. Um, all right, so kind of diving a little bit because our audience, again, is are interested in, in maybe they are already health and fitness professionals. They want to take their practice to another level or, you know, they're interested and they've had a passion, but they're, you know, interested in potentially opening and, and launching a fitness business. Um, you talked about some of the strategies in terms of social media and email marketing, which I completely uh, couldn't agree with you more. Um, you talked about some of the successful strategies. Walk our audience through maybe some of your biggest challenges as an entrepreneur, because let's face it, it hasn't been all sunshines and rainbows. That's just not the way the world works. Uh, so, uh, you know, from your entrepreneurial efforts, what was really one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome and maybe the learning lessons that really would be valuable to our audience at home? Yeah, you're right. That's very true. That's what we learned from. I remember when I first started out and thinking I had to do it all myself because as an entrepreneur, we think this is our business and we have to do it all. So, I was uh, speaking and coaching and I was really, really putting, like I talked about earlier, lots of hours because it takes, my life and my business become so intersected that it's hard to separate the two and that can be kind of dangerous. So I specifically remember I was speaking, I was doing this long speaking engagement on the East Coast where I was going from city to city speaking and uh, I was in a hotel room. And my daughter in California 
she was about eight at the time, she got home early from school and she called me. I was in the East Coast. She's in California. Mm-hmm. She called me and said, Mom, I can't get in the house. I don't have a key. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And then my daughter is calling saying she can't get in the house. And there was that moment that I said, I can't keep doing this. I'm like, I'm separated from my family. I'm, I'm not a good mom. Um, lucky her dad came home pretty quick after that. And we had great neighbors, which is fabulous. I took care of that. So I don't want people to think it wasn't taken care of. But that was that watershed moment. I said, I got to do something different. I, I really want to be home more. So then another mentor I have many mentors in my life. Another mentor helped me with a more diversified business model that included more. That's where I learned about the email marketing and online programs. So I was able to travel less and be home more and structure my time more and realize to put time where my most value is, which was my family mm-hmm. first and and be able to structure my days like I do with my days with boot camp. I, I start my day every day. That's a commitment to boot camp. Um, if I have a client that wants me at nine o'clock, I said, sorry, now I can't do that. I, I start at 10 because that's, I've learned the damaging effects of not doing that and just burning yourself out. It's really got to be really careful of, of burnout as an entrepreneur. So that's one instance that I just kind of vividly remember. It was kind of the watershed moment that I said, no, I got to do something different here. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, you know, as we both know, as entrepreneurs, like your, your business is your baby. So it can be very easy to burn out because there's always something that you can do to actually make it better, to add more value, something that you can create. Um, so there, there has to be, you know, some good gargoyles that you mentioned a couple times over. And for, for you, I'm glad that you had that aha, that you were able to kind of shift gears and really leverage your time, energy, and focus where you could still serve your audience and still be your clientele, uh, but do it in a way that was more you know, I guess, um, you know, conducive to the life that you want to live, not only for yourself, but for your family. Yes. Yes. Um, well, good. Well, um, another question I have, Dr. Karen, it's interesting because again, our audience are interested in potentially becoming their own, you know, uh, bosses, if you will, and, and launching a, a fitness business. Um, you talked about some of the programs, the, you know, the sugar filibuster program, the, uh, you know, the four keys, uh, program we just talked about. How do you ended up creating the program because I'm sure the audience are listening. Well, you know, I, I do have a passion. I want to serve, but man, I don't really know where to start. How do I create programs like that? So can you give a little insight in the foundation of how you've done this and really how you've executed and continue to build off it? Yes, that's a great question because there's so many things you could do. Sometimes in the land of unlimited choices, we do nothing. It's the paralysis of analysis because there's too much to do. So you've got to choose Focus. And I know that's a big word for you too. Focus. And what's interesting is my own personal journey. So I I shared about the sugar thing as a swimmer. And then I learned my connection to overeating sugar and and being a I call myself a recovering sugar addict. So and I saw the dangers of sugar for all kinds of health issues. So that's the lane I decided to be in. I have a passion for it. I've had my journey. And so I feel like I'm, I can give my best because it's such a personal issue for me. So that's the lane I chose. And then I discovered, I started speaking about it. And then I found a, a partner that 
a product partner that I really liked, like you do, that I could utilize a five-day sugar cleanse. I found a cleanse that I really liked. Mm -hmm. So I took that cleanse in to my own program. But I created my own program based on what I believed was the big lifestyle component. So I did it slowly over time. And it's changed because that's the other thing as an entrepreneur. Nothing really stays the same. You're always improving and growing and shifting and based on your client's success and feedback. So I just got all this feedback about how great it was to said, I keep doing what works and I stop doing what doesn't work. And I just keep on that path of making it better and better. And then what I did is I stopped just doing it myself and I brought other coaches in to be part of this this team, this group that I do. So I have all different coaches speaking in those five days. So I have this team and it's so much fun because that's a barometer for me too in my work. Is it something that is fun for me and brings me joy or is it just dang hard work? Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard work being an entrepreneur, but there's a difference between just the work ethic and no, I really don't like that. And that's an important question, too, to continue to evaluate. Interesting. And to kind of go on and expand on that, you know, for the five-day sugar buster program that you have, not only do you provide the content, but it sounds, just to clarify, you actually bring in some different speakers and authority figures to basically provide additional insights. And then they bring their their clients. So then it's about just more than me. When you have a business like you do, Bryce, that is about more than just you, so it becomes a calling because you are helping other people live their passions. And in my case, other wellness professionals make a difference in the world like I want to make a difference in the world. Then it's just, uh, it's it's pure joy at what I do. Beautiful. All right. So I, I know we're running out of time here, but I still have a few more minutes left with you. I want to kind of transition to the lightning round, if you will, and be able to provide our audience some further insights. So, um, I got a few questions that are going to line up. First and foremost, from a passion perspective, Dr. Karen, what would be you know your biggest source of passion today, um, whether it be life and business? I'm curious on what that looks like from a passion perspective. Well, from a business perspective, uh, the pandemic has really inspired me. It's really motivated me. It's got me even like with a little fire in my belly that we have, this has to be different. We don't have time to shift this conversation to health like we thought we did before the pandemic we've got to address the obesity epidemic and the chronic disease epidemic and it has to be with lifestyle medicine and with a particular bent this year on mental health i'm really concerned about the mental health fallout of last year that's going to continue and so i'm doing a lot more work and workshops around mental health and support lifestyle support of mental health beautiful um now, kind of walking us back before, obviously, you transitioned um, from your medical career and into more of a health and wellness um, coaching role. Um, what would be uh, the one thing, you know, back at, back then that was holding you back that uh, you ended up having overcome and obviously learned and grew from it? But I, the reason I ask this because there's audience out there that they want to take that next step, but just something is holding them back. So I want to kind of showcase maybe what would, what that was for you and you know how you yeah. overcame that. Having a mentor, so. I believing in myself. I mean, it's very hard to, to, unless you see someone doing it, it's hard to stretch in that direction. So 
I just didn't believe I could do it because I'd never done it before. But then having Fern as my mentor, so my big message is to those people, find a mentor. And and sometimes you have to interview different people because it's got to be a right mentor for you that can really guide you to those steps to take. And uh, don't do it yourself because it's very hard. This, this, this transition is hard to do yourself. So find a mentor. It certainly can be. Um, all right. So maybe a question on kind of similar lines, but you are in the, the business of giving good advice, uh, both to, you know, the fitness professionals that run your programs and also to the clientele that you help uh, with their health and fitness. Uh, so from an advice perspective, what would be the best advice mm. that you ever received? Yes. And gosh, I've, I've had a lot over the time, but <laughs> I would say, and the thing I've applied is um, recognition. So recognize baby steps in yourself, in your your life, and those in your team. So if I have a team member that has a new client, I will send out an email saying, good for you, that's great, and you do this really well, Bryce, with recognition. People need recognition. And we're so quick to just keep going, 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 and forget those small successes along the way. So my second mentor, Penny, taught me about that. Really recognize people uh, and and what they're doing in their life and and reaching out and acknowledging them. Yeah, certainly do. Human nature, we need that. You know, we, we all need that. You know, encouragement. So, um, well, uh, well received. Um, next up, and you've kind of alluded to this about you know the healthy uh, fitness, uh, health and fitness being a lifestyle and kind of uh, made up of habits. Um, what would you say from a habitual perspective, like a habit or two of yours that you've really adopted that's really helped you be successful in business, in life, in your fitness? Well, my boot camp every day, and I don't know, it's over two years now that I've found you guys, and um, it's that's a commitment. That's And people just know, okay, Karen does boot camp at this time, so it's this expectation that's set. And it's also a good model for me, for my team, right, because we can't ask our team to do things that we don't do. So mm-hmm. having that, that uh, boot camp every morning and then nutritionally really learning about this concept of slow carbohydrates and making sure that I have lots of salads and veggies and protein and I have my snacks ready. And I got an air fryer recently, which is like, oh, hallelujah, I can make my protein even quicker. I'm in love with my new air fryer. So uh, really following that, what I call low glycemic lifestyle uh, would be two the two things that I would say I, I have, it's just a no-brainer for me now. It's And because it's just so natural, it just is. It just is. I don't have to work at it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next up, um, leaders are readers. Um, and I actually want to hear a little bit about, you know, uh, one of your books here. But uh, aside from your books, which we'll get to in a second, uh, what would be the best recommendation of a book that you recently read that really uh, moved the needle for you that you'd want to recommend the Fitness Franchise Nation? Well, because I read a lot of, uh, you should see my, well, you see my bookcase back here and oh my gosh. Okay. So most recently, okay. Because what I would say to your, your franchise folks is you might think that you're in the, the physical fitness industry, but what you're really in is the wellness healthcare industry. So you have the opportunity, you are meeting people because they're coming to you with their particular pain point, but you have the opportunity to expand their wellness perspective. So this book, 
the microbiome breakthrough. I'm just looking at my desk here. I'm all about the microbiome because the microbiome is the leading edge of all kinds of uh, medical areas from the brain to the gut to the skin to, and we, it's just exploding. So if you can start to, to get educated about areas that you might think, I don't know much about, but you could be the trusted source that people go to. I love this book. I talked about Alzheimer's. The Alzheimer's Solution is the book that I used for my most recent uh, talk on Alzheimer's disease because in this book, 90% of Alzheimer's can be prevented with lifestyle, a brain-protective lifestyle, which is what we hang out in. We do. So, Did you say 90%? 90. 90. Oh, wow. That's the title of this radically reduced risk of alzheimer's by 90 percent these are doctors two mds dean and aisha shirzai that now they move to loma linda because that's one of the blue zones that have such great longevity and quality of life and they've they've done amazing research because i wouldn't tell you about a book that wasn't i don't think was just so well researched so those are kind of health books but then I just have to keep going back to the business-wise, Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I just keep going back to that. One of his principles in his that I use all the time is start with the end in mind. So if I'm doing a program, what is my end goal? Or I'm speaking, what is my end goal? I mean, that's just a book that just continues to, every time I read it where I am in my life, I, there it is, something new pops up. Well, I would agree on that. I've definitely read it many times and it's also helped me. So I'll, uh, I'll uh, provide some reassurance on that recommendation. Um, next up, Dr. Uh, Karen, I want to give you the opportunity to actually plug one of your own books because you are an accomplished author. So I know I teed up on your introduction. Your latest book is Your Lifestyle Killing You. Um, that said, it could be that book or any other, but out of your seven uh, publications, what would be your biggest recommendation for our viewers to read and why? Yes, it'd have to be that one, Bryce, because, you know, the title is not an accident. I really thought about that title. I, I don't like the word killing, but we've got to wake up. We don't have time to be asleep anymore. So is your lifestyle killing you? Addresses all these things we're talking about, exercise, digestive health, sleep. And it's actually basically a workbook to be able to activate this lifestyle we're talking about to reduce chronic disease by lifestyle. Like, don't rely on your MD medical doctor to be educating you about lifestyle because one, they don't have time and two, they don't have the training. That's why I've kind of taken this whole new direction myself. So is your lifestyle killing you? Is my watershed book that says, okay, this is what we've got to do to shift the healthcare system. Very interesting. Well, you've been so kind to basically offer a free gift to our audience. So can you share a little bit about what that is? Yes, that's an ebook. So now here's a little message. Here's an interesting demonstration. So I have an ebook. It's called Gut Matters The Four Keys to Optimal Digestion and Your Second Brain. It's a beautiful, it's a 50 page ebook all about the gut and how the gut works and psychobiotics, which is the, how we're using the microbiome now for brain health and specific strains of bacteria, and then ways to reduce inflammation. So this is an ebook, and it's at drkarenwolf.org forward slash gut matters. So this is because I want to educate about gut health. Then as people get this book and educate themselves, 
then you'll be part of my newsletter list. So this is just a little insight for your your audience that this is an example of my value gift and you get this great value and then you can be part of my community, my newsletter list and get all my blogs and newsletters and be part of this conversation that we're talking about, which is really about lifestyle medicine. So that's a free uh, ebook for anybody. Well, that's beautiful actually, not only to come with value with a giving hand and then also be able to provide the, the back-end business framework on that. We at Fit Buddy Bootcamp called that a lead magnet, but in your case, you know, you're offering a lead magnet, but it has to be a value to the other person then in exchange, you get them to join your list and join the conversation. So I love that for yes. both of the reasons that you listed. So thank you. All right. <laughs> so this has been a ton of fun. Um, I have uh, a last question asked uh, for our viewers. Um, you know, we've learned a lot over the last uh, nearly an hour here. Um, as a kind of to to uh, parting piece of guidance or wisdom, what would you say would be, you know, one piece of recommendation or wisdom that you could provide our audience that will better their lot in life, better their lot in business, and just really, you know, allow them to um, take that next step in their in their uh, path as a potential fitness entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and so many ways I could say this, but as you probably heard, I made that big decision moving from clinical medicine to the wellness industry, and I got criticized for that. It's like, why would you want to do that? But it was just in my heart. I, it was like I had to do it, that feeling, and I know everybody's had that feeling where you've just got to do it, or you can't not do it, <laughs> the opposite of that. So I would encourage your listeners, if you have that passion, don't let that little monkey mind say, oh, yes, but what do you know about this? So what do you know about that? If you have the passion, find your tribe, find your mentor and go for it because we need people with that kind of passion to shift this conversation to more of the healthcare industry and what creates health. So don't let the monkey mind, which we all have, that we do. take over. The monkey mind will never go away, by the way. I still have my, oh, yes, but who are you to do this? Or, oh, yes, but who are you to talk about Alzheimer's disease? No, I let I say, thank you for sharing, and you can just rest now. That's what I say to my monkey mind. <laughs> thank you for sharing, but I'm doing this. So go for it. Live your passion, find your mentor, and be part of the difference that we all need to make in this in this wellness industry. Well, Dr. Karen Wolf, thank you for that. Uh, literally, I've learned so much. Our audience has gotten so much value for today of sharing your wisdom, sharing your life stories, sharing your passions. And uh, before we go, I just want to acknowledge you. Um, you know, it's been a few years now that uh, we've known each other. And I can tell you from the first time I met you at boot camp, you have this life, you radiate positivity and kindness. I'm so attracted to you and to your soul. Um, and I really appreciate and admire you for the work that you do, are you doing? Because as I mentioned before, the real pandemic from my perspective is the obesity, um, you know, pandemic that our country is going through and people like you are really, you know, taking the, the step in the right direction to offer a solution and really support our, our community. So I acknowledge you for that. Thank you so much for being in the show, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Thank you, Bryce. <laughs> Thank you.